You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, December 21st. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan, Lucas Smith. You're listening to Locked On Cardinals once again. Thanks for listening, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Have an exciting uh, conversation for you guys today. A guest that's been on here a couple times in the past, Arm Layton. Uh, host of Locked On MLB Prospects. Uh, he's joining the show. We're talking Dylan Carlson, Ivan Herrera. Um, so it, it's good, it's a good time. Uh, be sure to tune back in tomorrow on Locked On Cardinals. To uh, uh, Mike Schultz had a press conference last Friday that I will break down and kind of recap. I've got that, that all set to go to release tomorrow morning. Um, so be sure to tune back in tomorrow. Uh, but I don't want to delay the uh, conversation with Arm Layton too much longer. But what I do want to tell you real quick is that Locked On has a new show called Locked On Bets, all about sports betting. The holidays are about giving, so I'm about to give you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash about this um, new show. The new Locked On Bets podcast is hosted by Lee Sterling Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. So head over to Locked On Bet and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Great stuff there. Great stuff from Locked On Podcast Network. So without further ado, here's the conversation between Arm Layton and myself talking about Cardinals prospects. Enjoy. I'll talk to you tomorrow about Mike Schultz Press Conference. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, joined by the wonderful Arm Layton of Locked On MLB Prospects and Locked On Marlins, but we're here to talk prospect baseball today. Arm, how you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Ready to talk prospects, like you said. Yeah, that should be a good time. So for, for any new listeners on my show or for people who forgot, might have forgotten about you or haven't listened to you, why don't you give us a little update on what you're doing right now with your uh, prospect show? Yeah, well, I definitely just mentioned uh, Dylan Carlson in the last episode from Friday of this past week where I was talking about the best outfield prospects in baseball where Carlson slots into that top five. Um, I'm always doing stuff like that. Also, you can expect an interview with a prospect every week. This past week, it was second round pick of the San Francisco Giants, Casey Schmidt. Uh, But you could pretty much be geared up for an interview every week from players from every single farm system. So I definitely enjoy that. And I'm going to continue farm system breakdowns with the Cardinals coming up pretty soon, where I'll be going through the entire Cardinal system as well. Good deal. Look, I, I always enjoy the interviews and I look forward to listening to the, uh, the Cardinals breakdown because I think they've got some really uh, intriguing pieces and you and I have, have talked about them, um, you know, periodically throughout uh, our time at Locked On together, but we're going to talk about two main ones today in outfit that you just mentioned, Dylan Carlson and catcher Ivan Herrera. But let, let's go ahead and start with Carlson. Um, if I remember right, you had him at three on your list, right, of top outfield prospects that you published the other day? Yeah, and, and I had him up there, you know, because I don't think too much about the the issues that he had, you know, the early struggles from what was a very weird year. If you look across the entire baseball landscape, a majority of the top prospects uh, really struggled. And even the guys that were quote unquote great, uh, like you look at Luis Robert or you look at even the guys like Cronenworth and uh, you have Kyle Lewis even, all of those guys 
guys slowed down a ton at the end of the season and really, really struggled. I put up worse numbers than Carlson did at the first month of his debut towards the back end of the season. So it's just so hard as a rookie in general. And then he put in a tough season like this one. It was just a tough year for Carlson, but he's a guy that's just so cerebral that has such a good approach to the game that it didn't surprise me to see him finish strong. He finished seven for 21 in the remainder of the season with five extra base hits. And I think he's going to keep that momentum rolling into next year. Yeah, he was a guy, you know, when he first came up, he he struggled a lot, like you mentioned. It, it just seemed like the jump uh, in terms of the quality of breaking pitches that he was seeing, the changeup especially, got him um, a lot early on. These are his, for the whole year, numbers. He, he hit 115 against off-speed pitches, 222 against breaking balls, um, slugged under 200 against off-speed pitches. So they definitely found a hole in his swing. Um before we get into too much, Carlson, I, this question just came into my mind, actually. When, you, when you're thinking about rookies, not just this year, but overall, about how often sometimes they tend to peter out towards the end of the year, do you think rookies who are able to get even 40 games in this late in the season, does that help them next year so they won't peter out like, like a lot of rookies do? Or do you think that it's kind of a, just a non-factor? Uh, undoubtedly, but I think it depends on the prospect as well, right? And what kind of player they are, uh, just in terms of how much they think about the game, how much they put into the mental aspect of it. And I know from all of the reports and from what I've heard about Carlson with his father being a baseball coach, he's very much willing to adjust. He very much likes to think about the mental side of the game. And with Guys that are rookies, it's really you see the petering out at the end because what I always say about it is you hear about the sophomore slump. It's, it's pretty much the same thing. It's the biggest thing that has to go into longevity and success with these prospects is how do you adjust to the league adjusting to you? So you have that initial adjustment to the major leagues. Then you might have some success in the major league then adjusts to you. Mm-hmm. which would be throwing more change-ups, throwing more off speeds, then how do you adjust to that adjustment? Which is really how you see the guys that take that next step or the guys that start hot and then never quite really find that uh, early rookie season form that they had. And, and that's the difference between the stars and, and the players that are kind of a flash in the pan. And I think that's why Carlson, it was good to get that 35 game taste where you could see what, what his issues were. Because when you're in the minor leagues, and he's a switch hitter, right? So from the left side against right-handed pitching, he's going to see a lot more change-ups. And in the minor leagues, it's hard to find that many really good major league caliber change-ups. And he probably didn't even know he might've had as much of an issue with the change-ups in the minor leagues. He goes to the majors and now most of the pitchers that are more polished at the major league level are going to have a good feel for that change-up. He now knows that it's more of a problem and it's something that he had to focus on. And I'm sure that that's been a big focus for him in this off season and towards the end of last season and I, it's just, it just kind of helps you be able to tell on yourself and know where to focus heading into the next year. And now he had the entire offseason to work on specific things that kind of were revealed in those 110 at-bats that he had. I think a big part of it, too, when you're looking at, especially in the sport of baseball specifically, I get on this a lot, of just how much of a muscle memory and a, and a feel sport it is. I mean, you know, I think, I think golf is somewhat similar, where if, if you take a couple of days off, especially at the professional level, you're going to lose a lot of, of what you gained. So I think Carlson being able to, to pretty much play every day whenever he was up was huge for him. And I definitely think, you know, like you said, just the confidence level that he was able to get back in in, in his return 
um, what was huge for him. But you and I had talked about him a couple of times in the past of how his strikeout rate was high at certain points in the major leagues, but then you were confident that he would kind of bring that back down since he did the same thing in the minor leagues. Is there anything that, you know, when you're looking at the numbers, obviously, you know, numbers don't tell the whole story, but when you're looking at the numbers in the minor leagues, what do you think will, will translate the most into the majors? Is that his fielding percentage? Is that his speed, his, his power? What do, you, what do you think is going to translate the easiest into the major leagues? Well, I would say not even in a more abstract way. It's the fact that he seems to struggle and then figure it out. And that's what I think will translate to the major league level too, right? Is he would get that move up to the next level and he'd falter a little bit in the beginning and then he would work it out, work out the kinks and figure it out at that next level. I think that's something that willingness to adjust that rapid learning and that just uh, just smart ability that he has towards the game and just being a cerebral player that is always going to play up for him. I think the, the more tangible aspect of it, I think really it's his well-roundedness that I think translates and is hard to find in today's game mm-hmm. of a player that's going to be able to play a good defense. He's going to hit for some power. He's going to swipe you some bags. And I think he's going to hit for some average when he really gets going and having that well-roundedness where he can impact the game from so many different ways. I think that's what really he brings to the table. Cause I don't know if there's really one tool that jumps off the page with Carlson, but there's not really either a big issue other than the occasional swing and miss stints that he goes through. But that's what I like about Carlson. And I think that's what it will translate at the major league level is the fact that he can impact the game in so many different ways. And he does so many things. Well, work from arm Layton and I coming up in just a moment, but first I want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show today, which is built bar built bars are new and improved and even more delicious than before with 18 incredible flavors, including nut and non nut flavors. My favorite is cookies and cream, but they've also got great flavors such as apple, almond, crisp, coconut, almond, raspberry, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, and coconut, and so much more. They're soft, they're easy to chew, and best of all, they're covered 100%, you heard that right, 100% in chocolate. But that doesn't mean they're not healthy, you can still lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Let's take a look at the cookies and cream flavor profile. You get a great taste in 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. And right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com to use promo code LOCKEDON and get 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off at BuiltBar.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Locked On Podcast Network has a new show, and I'm here to tell you all about it. It is called Locked On Bets. College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big, big matchups for this bowl season. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear, and there's one place to get you covered and one place that I trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code, Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. Yeah, I know it's football season, but let's take a look at your St. Louis Cardinals odds to win the pennant based on betonline.ag. Right now, they are the seventh best in the National League at plus 1,800. They're plus 3,300 right now to win the World Series. Odds can only improve from here on out. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts.
Yeah, I definitely think we saw that even even in his first stint, whenever he he, he struggled, you know, in the month of August, he he slashed 169, 233, 265, um, and then an OPS of 498. But even in that stretch, at least from what I saw, what, what I was impressed with was that it didn't carry into the field. We still saw him make a couple different sliding catches, diving catches. We, we saw the arm strength that was there. Um, so I just think that, you know, like, like you mentioned, um, you know, even though he might struggle in, in, in the swing and miss category at certain times, it, I don't think it, it carries into other aspects of his game, which for me was something really impressive because I feel like a lot of times the younger, younger you are, the more your struggles at the plate carry with you into the field. A hundred percent. And you see it happen a ton. And even just the focus, I think in the field too, that's what the knock has been on Jared Kalinick and some of the other players. And I mentioned in the top five, but Carlson, you can tell again, just going back to the way he was raised in the game, having a father as a coach, you can tell he doesn't take any pitches off, whether it's at the plate or in the field. And that's huge for, for a lot of reasons. And that's why I think Carlson is just a big leaguer. He's got that big league, just attitude. He carries himself like a big leaguer. He's well-rounded. And that's just the type of player you need. And of course you like to have the toolsy guys like the Nolan Gormans that have plus plus raw power, but yet you also like to have the guys like Carlson who are higher floor, well-rounded guys that figure things out because you got to even out the system like that. And that's why I really like having somebody like Carlson at the top, especially when you had some disappointments like Harrison Bader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. You bring up Bader. I think the the Cardinal outfield situation is an interesting one because you have a guy in Dexter Fowler that you're not going to sit just because of the contract there. You have two guys in Bader and O'Neill that you start to question how long is their leash in terms of how, you know, how much longer are you going to give them the opportunity to go? And it seemed like near the end of the year and in the postseason that Carlson was ready to go and is ready to go. And I think no matter what DH or not, Fowler starting or not, Pending injury, Carlson will start day one for the St. Louis Cardinals. It's just a matter of, of where. Um, what well, you, I've asked you this a couple of times. Do you think that he's a fit really in any three of the outfield spots in terms of you know uh, what, what, where he's going to be most successful at? Absolutely. I mean, I want to see him a little bit more in center field just because I want to see his routes and his quickness. I know he can run pretty well. He's an above average runner, but he's got great instincts on the bases. So I want to see if those instincts will translate more into center field. I just haven't had a chance to watch him in game and center as much. But I think given the tools and given his instincts on the base paths, I would expect that center field would be no problem. As for the corner outfield spots, his arm is more than good enough to play a corner outfield spot. His production at the plate is more than good enough to, you know, man a corner outfield spot where you're not giving much up. And that's where I think there's some more value for Carlson, too, is that you can slide him all over. I think he's a plus defender in the corners, and I think he's an average to slightly above average defender in center field if everything that I've seen so far is, you know, what we can expect from him moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, he's the one guy because because Fowler, I can see going either way. I'm just leaning towards starting Carlson for me in terms of the Cardinals outfield spots. Um, he's the one guy that I'm going to pencil in somewhere in the outfield in 2021. I think that he more than more than deserves that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of different stuff to talk about with, with Carlson, really any of the Cardinals prospects. And, you know, you have a whole show dedicated to prospects. So I'm sure you could go on and on about different prospects. But let's move on to a different uh, Cardinal prospect that's really high up on a lot of people's lists. And, um I don't know if you've heard, but the Cardinals have a little bit of a dilemma right now going at the catcher's position of whether to bring back the, the great Yadier Molina. Um, and the prospect that I want to talk about with you is Ivan Herrera, 20 years old, um, uh, drafted by the or signed by the Cardinals at age of 16, playing by 17. You know, like I said, only 20 years old. Just give us a general overview of what you've seen and what you like in terms of Ivan Herrera. 
Yeah, another guy that I feel like I might be repeating myself a little bit, like with similar to Carlson, where he's just a very polished young player, where you don't really see that too often with players. He's even younger, just so well-rounded as, as a player and just approaches the game really well, whether it's at the plate or behind the dish. And as Cardinal fans probably know, he grew up idolizing Yadier Molina and when he was playing. And he, uh, from the reports were that when he got the chance to work with him, just was like attached to his hip. And that's something you love to hear is somebody that's so willing to learn from maybe one of the best catchers to ever do it. And defensively, definitely the best catcher of our generation. You know, that's something you love to see from Herrera. And the reports on the makeup of Herrera are exactly the same. As for his profile, I would say he does not have that defensive profile of Yadier Molina, but he looks like a very solid defensive catcher. He, he receives the ball well. He blocks well. He moves pretty well. He's pretty athletic for a guy behind the dish, and he's only 20 years old. So he's going to get better and better back there. What I think his real selling point is and where you get the most value out of him is the fact that his bat is so consistent for a 20-year-old. And that's where I think his value really lies is you have a kid that was able to hit albeit a smaller sample size in 2019, but was able to hit pretty well in a ball and in a short stint in high a looked really comfortable, not too many swing and miss issues, a really short and compact swing that I think is super repeatable and something you can count on for a guy to hit 275, 280. If he continues to show this progression to the upper levels, my only question with him is, you know, because he's so young, how much power is he going to be able to unlock? He had nine home runs in not even 100 games in 2019. So showed some pretty good power production. I want to see on a full season scale, you know, what is he capable of power-wise? Just because I want to be able to profile that a little bit more accurately. I think right now to put a ceiling on his power is just irresponsible because we don't fully know. And from what I've seen, uh, his swing is compact, it's quick, and there's players like that that are able to get a lot out of their uh, power tool, even if it's only a 50-grade for example, Dylan Carlson, he's not, he was never really a, a plus raw power guy. He was more of just like a fringe above average to plus raw power guy that got the most out of it. And I think that's something Herrera could be. And I want to see that. And that's why I'm really excited to see what he can do this upcoming season. But he seems like the type of player, in my opinion, that with such a good hit tool an above average hit tool, he's going to get the most out of whatever his game and raw power, you know, numbers are going to be from the prospect outlets, but I think he's so well-rounded. He's a good defender with the potential to be an above average defender and just does everything pretty well. And that's another prospect, especially behind the dish, because we know how hard it is to find good catching prospects behind the dish. Fortunately, the Cardinals have not needed to do that for a very long time, but I wouldn't say Herrera is ready uh, for the major league level at all yet. And and while he does have the makings to be a fast climber, um, I think the Cardinals definitely have a lot to figure out right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think, well, you know, when you look at the catching position for St. Louis, similar to the outfit, there's a lot of different routes they can go where if, you know, if they let Molina go or Molina signs somewhere else, Kisner probably slides into that starting spot nicely. Then you have to think, okay, do you want to bring Ivan Herrera up to back up at the major league level or do you rather see him develop a little bit more? Because I think people are really excited about Herrera, like you mentioned, for, for a really good reason. But again, he's only a month older than I am. So I don't think, you know, he's not going to be major league ready anytime soon, but he's done nothing but hit, you know, all the numbers suggest that and everything like that. And I think he really jumped up at least in my ladder uh, at the Arizona fall league last year. Um, And right now he's playing in the Mexican Pacific winter league. And 
his numbers aren't great right there right now, according to baseball reference, um, slugging under 300. But to keep in mind, he, according to the baseball reference as well, he's on average eight and a half years younger than the talent around him. So um, take, take those numbers with what you will. But one thing I am excited about Herrera, when you look at defensively, I, I thought Kisner improved a lot defensively. So I think Herrera has that upside as well. Um, if you had to, you know, obviously baseball is a weird game, but if you had to put an ETA on Ivan Herrera, um, trying to, you know, disregard any Yadier Molina situation or whatever, what's your ETA for Ivan Herrera if he progresses like he has in the last three years? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question because he has not played a ton, especially because of last year not happening, obviously, but he got a lot of opportunity to learn from Yadi, which I'm sure will help. And he's getting some at-bats now, albeit struggling. He is the profile, like I said earlier, of a fast climber, but he does need to get a lot more at-bats under his belt. I would say this full season, he would be you know, well off to be in high A and then hopefully finish the year in double A. Then after that, I think you could see him middle of next season, not this upcoming season, middle of, I guess, 2022. That would be a, a fair ETA, maybe with a chance to make the team early in the year. But I, I think with a catcher like that, you want to take your time. You don't want to rush him. And because there's so much that he needs to get under his belt at bats wise and behind the dish. What I will say though, that I love about Herrera. And that's why another reason why I don't want to put a ceiling on him is when it comes to teenagers in the minor leagues, there's not very many of them that have put up higher exit velocities than Ivan Herrera. And he put up exit velos over one Oh nine, which is only been done by, I think Christian Robinson, Marco Luciano, and maybe one or two other players that were teenagers at the time. So that just shows you what he might be capable of. So let's see him work that out, try to get more leverage on a swing, see if he can get some more consistency and lift on the ball and see how much power he can tap into. Then maybe, you know, you start, fast tracking him a little bit more, but I think he needs a full season under his belt, no doubt in the minor leagues where he's just constantly playing behind the dish, building that endurance up and getting some consistency with his bat. But I'd say middle of that, <clears throat> excuse me, of that next season is a very fair ETA for him. Yeah. I think that that's really the one thing that I'm kind of concerned about, if you will, for lack of a better term is he, you know, he hasn't played more than 87 games in a year. Um, you know, like I said, baseball is such a muscle memory, a field sport. I feel like we need more, um, you know, at least in, in one season more at a higher level um, before Herrera comes up. But um, yeah, I think he's a real intriguing guy. I think that, you know, the Cardinals have kind of, I think we, we saw them rush Carson Kelly a little bit. I mean, yes, Kelly saw success in Arizona in his first year, um, but you know, we saw them move away pretty quickly whenever they saw Kelly wasn't the real deal. Uh, but I think Herrera is one of the guys that they're like, they're not going to rush. They're, they're going to make sure Herrera is the guy. Um, just because I think they see Kisner right now more as, um, you know, the, a transition catcher between the Yachty era and the Herrera era, for for lack of a better term and for the positive of, of a good rhyme. So, um, Aram, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, why don't you tell, um, you know, just tell my listeners where they can find you and where they can find your couple shows that you host on Lockdown. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at RM Layton eight on Twitter and at LO underscore MLB prospects. I'll be doing a Cardinals breakdown in the next couple of weeks. Maybe this week, I'm still working out the schedule, but in the next two weeks, for sure, I'll be going through the Cardinals system. And I just did the top third baseman prospects in baseball uh, earlier last week as well. So some Gorman stuff there, Carlson as well. And I'll have plenty more in the future. So thanks for having me on. And I appreciate always being able to talk some Cardinals prospects. 
Of course, I'm, I always appreciate you having. I always appreciate having you. You always provide a good insight that I don't always see with your um, extreme level of expertise on minor leagues and prospects. So um, appreciate it. Have a happy holiday season and a happy New Year as well, my friend. The same to you, brother.